Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than the invention of DVD. I learned that this week. I was very surprised. My name is Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And we're gearing up for the champions. I should probably play that in rather than you listening to me. But yes, yeah, Champions League final week. Um, if we're dating this, if you're not, you might have listened to this six months later. But we're recording it, Champions League week. In 2022, Liverpool Man, uh, say Liverpool Man City, then Liverpool Real Madrid, obviously, on Saturday. Uh, we'll chat a bit of that and do an 11. Oh, yeah, we're doing another 11, people. But I'm not doing it on my own. No, I've rang up my old friend from the landlord, the landlord of the football tavern, Mr. Ed Chambers. How are you doing, sir? I'm not too bad. That's not too bad at all. I've got, um, I must uh, sort of give you a warning. I've got a bit of a cold, actually, which... Oh. Um, Makes me makes me sound like Trevor Francis because he had a cold for about 30, 35 years, I think. So um, still yeah, it makes it, yeah, it makes me sound a bit like Trevor Francis. But other than that, I'm good, mate. I'm hey, you good. made a career about being a pundit, so they weren't that bothered, were they, that you had a cold? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, was he a pundit? Uh, yeah, I'm not imagining that. He was a pundit yeah, no, for he was, a while, yes, wasn't he? Was yeah. A pundit, yeah, he was a pundit. And obviously we revealed in an episode, uh, I think we call it one of this little series, that he used to go at my mum. But oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was a different story. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm still kind of um, I'm still kind of getting over the weekend's football, to be mm. honest with you. Like the end of season. The drama, drama. yeah. Um, the fact that I... It ended up in Man City winning the league, which is exactly what I thought would happen, but it didn't happen the way at all. Yeah, the way I was expecting it to be like two 0 after fifteen. Yeah, minutes that was that I tweeted. I think I think I tweeted that. In fact, like right. spoiler alert, this is what it's going to yeah. be. I thought it would be yeah. a routine. I think I think I might have said it last week's show that I think it'd be you know very efficient Man City. Yeah, um, I think Liverpool fans would have preferred that because. Yeah. Instead of the yeah. roller coaster, they were. Yeah. I, do, and I, I believe, and I said this to a few friends last night, that if Liverpool had scored in their game before Man City had got their first goal, I mm. think the day may have been different because yes. I think there was no, of course, there was pressure on Man City to score, yeah. obviously, I'm not being an idiot, but I think there would have been a different kind of more yeah. uh, extreme pressure on Man City. Like they have to score now. At that point, yeah. they just really needed to get back in the game. And then you expected yeah. it, I mean, to do it the way they did it. It's just the, the, strange, the strange thing about it was, was that if I get this right, was that at no point in time <laughs> were, Liverpool, were Liverpool actually top. No. So despite everything that was happening at the Etihad, Liverpool was still second. Yeah. And it was almost like there was no pressure on Liverpool to do anything. And then suddenly when they scored their second goal, you thought, oh, here we go. But obviously by then, Man City had obviously got back into the game. And it was it was such a bizarre end of the season. I, I keep wondering, like, Pep is such a perfectionist that he looks at that and thinks, yeah, all right, we won the league, but we were 2 0 down. Like, why yeah. are we 2 0 down? Do you know what I mean? Like, I just got this feeling that he's he's probably enjoying himself at the moment, but eventually he's going to look down and think, well, we were 2 0 down to Villa and 2 0 down to West Ham. Why is that? Yeah, we um, lost three games. Yeah. Like, will he sit there and analyze the end of the season? How did we lose it? Three, I think they lost three games, yeah. didn't they, Man City? Yeah. But it was, it was almost like to the point where it was almost like next goal wins. Yeah. It was like it was two all at one point, just briefly at the Etihad, and then one all at. Anfield, and you're like, right, okay, whoever scores next is pretty much going to win the league, and it's kind of, kind of how it turned out. Yeah, really. I mean, to get 92 points and not win the league is, yeah. Is, I mean, I'm talking from a QPR fan's point of view. These are realms of, of, of theories and things that I could yeah. never experience in my life. But yeah. 
I can I do feel slightly for a Liverpool fan who you know you get that as was twice, isn't it? They did it a few seasons yeah. ago. Got ninety yeah. something points, and yeah, I think they got I think they got ninety seven. Yeah, which is crazy. It is just crazy. Although it's a weird um, stat. Also, I saw a couple online that Man United have been top of the Premier League for more days this season than Liverpool. Really? Yeah. How crazy is that? Wow. Yeah. Um, well, bearing in mind how bad Man United have been this season, yeah. and there's probably a show somewhere just on it just on its own just for yeah. that. That's pretty impressive. What surprised me actually as well was was that um, Liverpool didn't beat any of the top four: no. City, um, Tottenham, or um, Chelsea. They drew. I think they drew all the games. They drew all the games. Yeah. But, Which is kind of if you got to that maybe if yeah. I mean when all said and done they have yeah. won how many trophies yeah. what they've won that's where they exactly. kind of lost the league. Yeah. You know, they, they win. They win one or two of those. It's that's where it's done, that's where the championship yeah. done. But we're going to get to the thing... point where I think it's the City Liverpool games are going to be so important yeah. next yeah. season because yeah. they are the fine margins. Like it's a point. A point is a, like that is literally point and maybe six or seven goals or however it ended up. Yeah. So that's the, the small margins that you're almost getting to Celtic Rangers proportions. Yeah, where whoever which... wins the, the the most or whatever. Yeah, is, which is going to end up want. as a champion. No, like, I always want someone. Di- I don't like retaining leagues. I always want someone different to win the league every season because. Yeah. I don't want to become yeah. not even Scotland, but more like Germany, where Bayern Germany, Munich yeah. have won, like or yeah. Juventus when they went on that mad run, and yeah. obviously France, where PSG. I know they didn't win it last year, but for the you know for the last few years, it's been monopolised yeah. by those clubs. We don't want to become that kind of league. Yeah, I think so, the thing that surprised me most on the weekend actually was um, was Leeds actually staying. Yeah, up. Um, I thought for some reason I had it in my head that Leeds were gone and that Brentford would actually win that quite comfortably. Mm. Um, and I didn't realise until um, I watched match of the day, actually, that, um, that Brentford went down to nine men. Yeah. So there was a guy that got injured and then there was a sending off. So it was still one all, but by the time Leeds got the winner, they had nine men on the pitch. And um, But Ian Wright's reaction to uh, Rafinha's missus was absolutely <laughs> superb. Why was she in he that section kind of, of the crowd? That's what I want to know. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, well, who cares? I mean, yeah, I, I know. know yeah. But, I, mean, yeah, I mean, but he... He was talking and then he just sort of went, but, but, and he just sort of <laughs> lost his trail of, and I was like, I think I know what you're thinking, mate, because I'm thinking exactly the same, but I'm not speaking out loud. Naughty television. Yeah, exactly. Talking about to the day, though, how yeah. nice was it to hear Life of Riley for goal of the season? I couldn't believe that. I, um, yeah, honestly, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> the strange thing about it was, was that, um, so I went to the pub on Sunday, I must admit, to watch the to watch the finale. And um so I got home and you know, got the kids to bed and stuff and um, you know, started watching match of the day and that. And when Life O'Reilly came on, I didn't really notice at first because it was just natural to so me. So entrenched in was, your yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I was just like, that's just natural to me, that's how it should be. Yeah. And then it got to the second goal and I was like, hold on a minute, Life O'Reilly's playing in. <laughs> what and, change? Uh, yeah, absolutely what a tune. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was pleased about that, and I love the, the splitting of the games. I love that. Yeah, so I we, like we the, talked about that last week. Oh, now, we, I love oh, it. one episode we've done recently, we talked yeah, about how they. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love that, um, and I think that was, um, yeah, I think that was, I think that was pretty good. But yeah, so and it's all done. There you go. Yeah, we're sitting Don't in. The, we're gonna well after this weekend, we'll be sitting in the park until the the fixture lists come out, won't we? That's yeah. that's pretty much yeah, the plan. Like what? Yeah, what do people that don't like football actually do? That's what I want to know. 23rd of June is the uh, football league. I'm not sure of the Premier League date. I know the 23rd of June is the. I think it's um, it's the week before. Is it the week before? Okay, so it's not that long. I I often am wrong. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's, it, is, it is a short summer because the season yeah. is obviously starting earlier. So yeah. that is, season that is starts good on like the 4th of August, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, or... the championship starts the 29th of July, I think it is. Oh, it does. The week it? of July, so. That's the week before. Oh, well, that's not, that's not too far away. That's not too far away. And it will be one of Huddersfield and Not or Nottingham Forest because we've got Who's that to come. Head says Huddersfield, heart yeah. says Nottingham Forest. Same, same. Um, Huddersfield are incredibly unrated because yeah. they've been they're machine like, like they've been third or fourth like for what feels like yeah. forever and they are as you say machine like they just seem to churn out results and then when you look at their starting 11 i'm like what can name you a player but well i think jordan rhodes is still there yeah right? well he's yeah like, i would say he's a starter but he's still there like, yeah but like jordan rhodes is like this generation's andy Booth. andy, Booth, andy yeah. Booth right? <laughs> yeah and he was a ex tottenham andy Booth. Exactly, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> he was a he was a like Huddersfield scoring loads of goals and stuff and, and Jordan Rose just seems I'm like is he still playing football yeah, Jordan yeah. Rose I'm amazed by that yeah, just he, seems was, to... he went to Middlesbrough, I want to say, yeah. for a he short was, spell. Was he a, was he a Blackburn? Yeah, maybe. He's done the rounds. Blackburn, He's been one of those Wednesday, championship He's... Nathan Blake types that never seemed... Do, if you do an 11 based on championship or whatever, Jordan Rose is always like the perfect person because he yeah. paid for everybody. Yeah, so, um, Jordan Rhodes, yeah. Ross McCormack. He's another name. Yeah, that I absolutely. Think absolutely yeah. Championship fodder. Yeah. Um, but no, um, yeah, so that, I'll look forward to that. I just think Forrest may have... That may, may have been their peak to get to the playoff yeah. final, which would be yeah. a disaster for them because I think a lot of that score will be broken up because they've got a lot of lone players and a lot of players that will probably move on after that. So it is, I do feel I've got a lot of Forest friends and I think they feel like it's now or an, or not never, obviously, but now or another five years. It's not now and all oh, we'll push on next season. I don't yeah. think they so get that feeling. Isn't this, this is the closest they've been to being back to the Premier League in 20, over yeah. 20 years. Yeah, 99 um, they went down, didn't they? And I, I think... I think somebody somewhere, I've always said this, that someone somewhere made a deal that Forrest and Sheffield Wednesday are not allowed back into the Premier League <laughs> yeah. until some sort of curse is broken. So yep. if someone in Nottingham needs to break a mirror or something like that on, on Saturday, then maybe just do it and the curse will be broken. I don't know. But they just seem to have been out of the top flight forever, which, bearing in mind their support, and speaking of support, I mean, Sunderland, yeah, um, back in the so championship. Took, <clears throat> took, took over Trafalgar Square as they always do the night before a, a Wembley final. And um, there they are back in the championship. So fair play to them. Yeah, which I, as a QPR fan, I'm dis, not no, disappointed is wrong. I would prefer Wickham because I think Wickham are going to be, I'm not saying a threat because I don't think QPR are going to be anywhere near the top of the league. But Sunderland are obviously a big club. It's a very uh, Lancashire Northern Championship yeah, next season. Really There's it only really four is. London Southern teams, yeah. I think. I Millwall, Watford, I Millwall, Reading, QPR. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. And I read, um, well, Norwich, Norwich, obviously East Anglia, but yeah. I read that their yeah. their nearest game is a hundred miles away. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Luton, maybe the other team. Luton, yeah, Luton, yeah. hundred. That's miles. their nearest away game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not many around them anyway, is there? No, true. It is. Peter I mean, Ipswich, maybe obviously, they, yeah. Maybe them and Ipswich should just have their own league. Yeah, sure, just, And it'll be a Monday night football as it always is in the 90s. It was exactly, always Ipswich, yeah. Norwich on, exactly. the, on the Monday night football. Um, exactly. Before we get to Champions League, we were talking about the weekend. Did you, sir, take in the glory that was top of the pops, 1998? I'm almost sad that we're getting, like, last next week will be 99. So we're getting to I the know. end of these shows. I know. Um, how how, I know. how did you take to, in 98? We're going to have to think of a new gimmick. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I I did watch it. Um, not only did I watch it, I watched it on TV 
on Saturday night, which is a little bit rare for me to actually so get did I, literally actually, as it yeah. happened. Yeah. And yeah. um, you know, so what we did was we got the we got the kids to as usual again, got the kids to bed and then uh we had to take away take away pizza and uh, prosecco. I know how to treat a lady. That is, sounds like a perfect evening, sir. And um yes, yeah, so we stuck on um we stuck on ninety-eight and and yeah, it was it was decent, I think. Um I think there's a few things that caught me caught me off guard. Um, All Saints. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before I talk about All Saints then, right? Air, right? Right. So Air were French, right? Yeah. That was the first thing. And I was like, right, okay. And I was like, who? And then I heard the song mm. and I was like, yeah, okay. Why did this show basically devote like 20 minutes of his time to it was so bizarre. Their shows are really good. And and my wife yeah. and I were discussing this is that there's a definite niche to some of the stories they put on that show. I mean, yeah, a lot of it depends yeah. on who you can get on. I always yeah. think like, yeah, so the, true. like yeah. the two people from air, no disrespect to them, probably they weren't having much to do no. <laughs> when they needed no. to be on, in no, a documentary no. on 1998 as, exactly. as the lead singer of Republico was who spent a lot of the show, you know, yeah. Huey from the front loving criminals is on it a lot. Again, yes. he's not yeah. doing a lot in yeah. 2022 that I, so i think a lot of it goes like who can we get how can we build a story around delimitri singing the scotland song like who really remembers that scotland song from 1998 I, I i remember that scotland do you know why i remember that <laughs> um my dad was really into telemetry um really <laughs> liked him honestly right he really really liked telemetry right and um he was sort of telling his mates then as well well you know i've been into this band for a year or two pretty decent and they've got a scotland squad you see scotland song you should hear it when it comes out it'll be really good and it came out and it was absolute shite it's wasn't it? it really was it yeah. really was don't come home too soon yeah right which is just like the most pessimistic song i can see what the guy was saying he was saying don't sing a song about scotland winning the world cup because it's not really going to happen but you can still write a song and create a song that doesn't say you know don't come home too soon. You know, it just yeah. seemed a bit seemed a bit negative. But yeah, so the air was a bit weird. Delimitri, um, All Saints was at the top of the chart. Um, I have to be honest with you, All Saints kind of kind of passed me by a bit in the fact that like, I remember them. I remember the songs, but I wasn't interested in them. I think you know, being a sort of a, in your late teens, I was um, I sort of fancied myself as Liam Gallagher and Oasis, really. And All Saints was like, well, I'm not going to be interested in that type of music. But I, um, I liked, I mean, I was still very much, you know, a young teenager who liked Spice Girls for obvious reasons, because that's what my hormones were telling me to do. Yeah, um, well, yeah, exactly. But I did like, I, I remember buying I Know Where I Know Where It's At, which is still their best song, their debut single, when I was right. on holiday, um, and I used to holiday in the UK because my parents never went abroad, so I would have been somewhere like Weymouth or Great Yarmouth yeah. or somewhere like that. And I remember buying the single I Know Where It's At in like an hour price or whatever like that. So I, I remember, I liked them at the beginning, but I'm like, you, I kind of didn't stick with them because yeah. I didn't really I don't think they did they were okay I don't think their songs were great yeah. I don't know they I, I tweeted on Saturday night find someone who like who loves you like all saints love combats because they did bloody yeah. love combat yeah. trousers yeah definitely but you know that that was you, that was a sign of times I tell you what surprised me uh who made another appearance 
Finley Quay. Finley Quay. Yeah, again, another yeah. person who clearly right. isn't doing anything in 2022. Exactly. So he stopped being, as I said last time, Wigan's left back in the <laughs> 2000s and obviously appeared on a music show again. Yeah. So he was in 96 and 98. He obviously took a year off in 97. Took a, took a year off, yeah. No, it was... I, I think, um, whether, whether we like it or not, right, music uh, and, like, you know, to, to, genres in 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 you know in particular um someone will own the year and yeah whether robbie williams owned Ugh. 1998 right did he though he did. he did right he did whether we like this is what i'm saying whether we like it or not right you know you know bringing out you know like angels and let me entertain you and millennium and all that sort of stuff that's what everyone was listening to whether we liked it or not if you switched on a radio you yeah. walked into a shop yeah that's all you ever heard. Now, why he was dressed up as Chris Evans when he was no, singing yeah, very, yeah. The fact um, he was flirting with Beyonce, she's got better standards than that, surely. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah. leave, leave Jay-Z out of this I think what Robbie Williams did very well Is that he sold himself Because I don't think he's a particularly yeah. great singer I don't, no. I, don't, I don't think I think Angel was cl- cleverly marketed to be that, the third single Because it's, I don't like it I've always thought it was Dirge But it's clearly the yeah. best song on that album Why that yeah. wasn't the, the, the first song Is yeah. because they wanted to tell the story of him Oh no, he's not, he's not quite got it bang angels and everyone went whoa it was well done well that was very well marketed in the journey of robbie williams i completely see that i just never got it with him i never like him i was always team barlow that album that year gary barlow's i don't care you know i've got awful musical taste it's a great album great singles on there team barlow all the way but yeah, you're right. So if anybody's if anybody's listening and someone wants to listen to that album, don't bother because it'll be rough. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so help me, girl, banger, yeah. absolute banger <laughs> of a tune. All right, so go 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 and listen to it because it. Well, I did Brim- say in in that in, during that I tweeted that Brimful of Asher, the Norman yeah. Cook remix, not the not the one they showed yeah. on the show, which was the slow yeah. down poor version, was yeah. the best song of 1998. I absolutely yeah. love Brimful of Asher. But it was released in 90, late 97. The original was and right, then, and then it was done and right. Then okay. Norman Cook re-released um, with them the, yeah. the actual proper version that you hear that's got the ding 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 ding, yeah, ding yeah. which is a great tune. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was that is a great song. I love um, that song and remains remains a great song to this. Yeah, day. I was I was, um, I was cleaning the kitchen on Sunday morning after listening yeah. to it, and I had that going on. My daughter right. was like, "What's this, Daddy? Putting Canto yeah. on?" I'm like, "No, I'm listening." Oh, mate, don't get me started on the Canto. <laughs> I've got the soundtrack in the car, dude. I can oh. I can act it out for you now. Doors, oh. floors. Anyway, oh. turn it but, um, back to football. Of course, Vindaloo. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you this: Are you a fan of Vindaloo? Right. Well, the actual curry, or just, um, right, um, um, definitely not the curry for me. But are you no, a fan of the um, song? Right. Here's here's where I am with Vindaloo. Uh, the answer is in 1998, definitely not, because mm. um, I thought this was weird and rubbish. <laughs> and it wasn't um, Free Lions. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't Free Lions or World in Motion and all that sort of stuff. Fast forward about six or seven years to, well, six years to Euro 2004, and I'm in a pub, like, drunk and singing singing it, we're going to score one more mm. than you and all that sort of stuff. So I actually don't mind it now, yeah. funny enough. It's not as bad um, as the Spice Kills one. and um, I don't it, mind that, you know. Oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, it's, do you know what? It's a shit song to sit like, as you say, in a pub. You're not going to yeah. sing. How does it feel? Yeah, exactly. It's too nicey, yeah. nicey. Yeah. I don't. But as no. a song, I don't mind it. But I think that was their problem. They went for a good song, 
yeah. rather than something you can sing while yeah. you've had six pints. You know, it's... I, I thought I thought the the it's Fat Les, wasn't it? Is yeah. that the name of it? I yeah, thought definitely. I thought it was interesting how it came about. You know, basically Lily Allen's dad. What do you call him? Um, Keith. Keith. I mean, called him Dave Allen then. That would have been wrong. <laughs> no. um, yeah, Keith, like Keith Allen, and basically it just all stemmed from there. And I actually did. I didn't realise that like Matt Lucas and um, mm. David Williams were in it. I, I actually laughed out loud at the bit when um, you know, like they do the Richard Ascroft yeah. spoof, of, and he actually fell off the car rather than just stepping over <laughs> it. I actually laughed out loud at that bit because I'd forgotten that. And uh, but I liked the way they walked from the Queen Vic. That was good. Well. I'd, forgo- I'd yeah. forgotten that performance actually. I remember yeah. them being on stage because when they showed in the build up to the actual episode, I remember them being on stage and there being loads of them. But I'd forgot they'd walked. Um, yeah. from the Queen Vic so that, yeah that was kind of nice yeah but I think um, same with Free Lions Free Lions 98 is obviously nowhere near like, to me it's not nah I can see I can see why Badil and Skinner and the Lightning Seas I can see why they released it because um, you know it it sort of played on the sort of the, the actual thing from you know Euro 96 you know the hype around it yeah and it earned a lot of money probably yeah ex- exactly so you might as well cash in while you can but I mean it was still decent but you know it wasn't quite the same so so yeah I suppose to answer your question I, I you know with fact there's I, I didn't like it back then but I don't mind it now yeah to me it's always it's the third song you play isn't it like if I'm yeah. in a bar and England have just beaten so-and-so in the World Cup yeah. in December you play yeah. Three Lions you play World in Motion which is better and then you go, all right, I'll put on Vindaloo. And then, you know, yeah. you go back to the, you, you kind of you repeat those three over and over again until. Exactly, exactly yeah. So, yeah. Um, some be. idiot from, you know, Kent says, can you play England United, please? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen. But, right. Um, anyway, I mean, it's England coming soon. Actually, England squad's about to be announced as, I, as we record this. So, well, that'll yeah. be interesting to see who's made it in, who's made it out uh, for the friendlies in June. But we're switching attention now to the Champions League. Um, before we do, before we talk about what we're actually here to talk about, and that is the 1990s, um, what would you make of this, the weekend's game ahead? So, it's Liverpool, Real Madrid, in Paris. We said before, it's kind of, we think it's going to go either a Liverpool straightforward win or this fairy tale Real Madrid kind of story which means it can only go either way i sound like jermaine genius now um but <laughs> yeah, thanks jermaine that, the obvious but i think they're either it's either going to be a i've i'm trying to say it's either going to be a very simple win or it's going to be a topsy-turvy Real madrid win i don't see liverpool winning it in a roller coaster. they're kind of going to win it aren't they they're kind of yeah. up the man city to the liverpool in this kind of thing yeah. aren't they i it's weird this one i can't i can't even normally i can sort of visualize the game if you know what I mean see how it's going to go or have a guess at who's going to win with this I really can't do it I I think if I was to put if I was to put money on it I would say Liverpool are going to win it because I think they are the better team and I've said pretty much all the way through the European campaign that I think Liverpool win the Champions League so I think yeah I'm just gonna I think Liverpool do it whether it goes I don't think it'll go to extra time I think no. if they're going to win it they'll score two in normal time, I think they yeah. went 2 0. Yeah, no, I, I, I've got a feeling Liverpool might just finish, you know, finish their season off. And exactly. Real Madrid may have again, like a bit like Forest, that their their journey is the fact that they got to the final yeah. against all the odds and beat exactly. PSG and Chelsea and City. So, um, exactly. but we'll see. And if you listen to this in November 2023, you know, you know what happens. So you want to get us, let us get to the Champions League stuff from the Knights. So let's do that now. So we're going to pick, yeah, get your pen and pencil out. 
we did this a couple of weeks ago and I think it went down a treat on Twitter. So we thought we'd roll this little concept out again. It's the same rules, people. There are 10 Champions League finals in the 1990s. You have to pick a player from each and then you've got a spare one, which I allow you to do what you can't have two players from the same cup final teams as well and stick them in 11. So we're going to d- reveal ours after this. Before we get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and Kicking, I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs, all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italian 90. And because you listen to Alive and Kicking, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s, so AK90S and 10% off your order. Jobs are good at. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, Keep it 90s. Welcome back. We are talking Champions League. And yes, folks, we're doing another 11 and we'll do that in just due course. Uh, before we do that, Ed, I thought we'd just... I think the Champions League is a funny one. And I want to talk about our memories of the Champions League finals because I think, Unlike the FA Cup finals, where I think they're so they were so ingrained in what we watched and what we did. Obviously, they were in this country and they were such part of our growing up in football. I think the Champions League is slightly different because it was still quite an untamed beast, I suppose you could call it, in the 1990s, especially when the revamp happened in 1992 from the European Cup to Champions League. We didn't have the European football exposure we have now, obviously. Like we pretty much got the Champions League on a was it Wednesday night on ITV with Bob Wilson and Matt Lorenzo, if I remember rightly. So we'd get a few games from that, but we didn't, you know, we, the players, we weren't seeing them week in, week out or across social media or YouTube or stuff like that. So I think some of the players, you know, there are so many great players in these final teams, which we'll go yeah. on to, but I think some of my memories are quite cloudy because I just, I don't know if I saw much of them. Yeah. And and the finals were always, always, always on its weekday evening as well, which is yes. when I was younger. I wouldn't be allowed to stay up and watch maybe the second half. But, yeah. but you know, I think a lot of my memories from the Champions League finals from the 90s may actually come subsequently watching them back and saying, oh, you know, I remember seeing that. I don't, I remember some finals. Like I remember yeah. watching, my. I think my first memory, I will let you talk in a minute. Uh, my first, <laughs> my first I'm going to go home. Is yeah, right? I can just carry on myself. Yeah. I remember, I remember Sampdoria Barcelona. I, re- right. I remember that vividly from 1992. Mm-hmm. I, me- I think because it was at Wembley. I think they, I think ITV made a big deal of it because it was at Wembley as well. So obviously their coverage was, they, they could do it more than a grander scale because they didn't have budget to go wherever the final blah, blah, blah was. So I remember yeah. that game and thinking it's, it was strange that we were watching football and telly and there wasn't an English team involved because I still was getting my head around that concept of the, that they'd been knocked out earlier. In the, and, you know, it wasn't a great game, if I remember. Koeman scored that wonderful free kick and that bright orange kit. So I remember that. That's my first proper vivid Champions League memory of the 90s. Where 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 do you start? Where does your brain go to in when you... So, think- um, with the, the European Cup, as I still call it yeah, most of, of the time, but yeah, with the Champions League. Um, actually, my first, the first final I watched 
was probably the worst game of football ever, which was um, Red Star versus oh, yeah. Marseille. So football on the TV, as we know, in the early 90s was not anywhere near no. the animal that it is now. It, it was it was rare. Um, so you took any opportunity you could to watch it. And, and you know, I t- I've talked about my dad a few times, for example, on this pod, and he, he was obviously very into football, which made me get into football. Um he had he had a couple of mates around to watch this game. It was an excuse to get a couple of you know, cans in and, and yeah, yeah. sit around them. So I, I sat up. I remember sitting up and watching him because it went to penalties. I went to bed like really late, which was actually very rare for me. Like my parents are actually quite strict in that fact that you go to bed at like eight o'clock. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know the the theme music to the bill came on. That was it. You was off. It's always London's and, um, burning for me. I always remember on a yeah. Sunday night. Yeah. London's burning London's was on burning, like yeah. nine o'clock, and yeah. I it, it gets yeah. to that, and I know that I would get in the nod to get, you've got to go yeah. to bed now. And I, I didn't like was... London's burning. I thought it was boring, but I always wanted to watch it because it felt like the forbidden door. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you was always allowed to watch Heartbeat, but not London's burning. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, right. So I watched. Um, so I remember that game, and I remember it too. But I remember it for Chris Waddle because yes. Chris Waddle was outstanding in that game, and I thought it was so cool that these two teams from you know, they were a distant land. I mean, you know, you don't know where these places are really when you're seven yeah. or eight years old and stuff. And um, I thought it was so cool that Chris Waddle was playing this game. Not only was he playing this game, he was probably like the best player on the pitch mm. or one of the best players yeah. on the pitch. And um, he should have ended up with a, probably should have ended up with a winner's medal. Um, but it was terrible. Like, it really was bad. And um, But I don't remember much about it other than nothing really happened if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, but like you, I think the first one I really do remember is the Koeman, the mm-hmm. bastard um, free <laughs> kick. Um, I, yeah, I remember that vividly and I remember it because it was almost like 92 was Barcelona's year because they won the European Cup and they had the Olympics as well. Yeah, it was they almost did. Like, for that summer, Barcelona suddenly became the centre of, centre of the universe for any kid that was interested in football yeah. and sport yeah. in general. Um, so yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember the Cumin thing, and then obviously, then as you say, it gets rebranded into the, you know, the Champions League that we we know and in inverted commas love um, today. Um, and um, but you remember things like Rangers run in the ninety two ninety three. Oh yeah. Season. Oh, the previous. Uh, yeah, the previous. There's a lot of stuff in the the and, earlier rounds. I remember. Yeah, and and then like the, the Leeds and Stuttgart yeah, thing yeah. and all that. But yeah, finals. I always thought the finals were kind of exotic because English football felt at that time felt so far behind mm. the rest of Europe yeah. because you know of for, what happened, for, yeah, the 80s, for reasons yeah. various, for yeah. reasons yeah. various, we were out of European competition for five or six years prior to us liking football, basically. Yeah. And before that, we dominated it mm. so um, for a number of years. So it almost felt like we were always catching up. So like you remember, I remember watching like Ajax in nineteen ninety five, and mm. if, if like. If one defender passed the ball to another defender, I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd yeah. ever seen. Whereas because we were used to seeing like Wimbledon like lob the ball from one end of the pitch to the other. Whereas, you know, you see, I I, I actually played with three defenders, but like, literally three defenders. Like, you know, like how how does that how does that work? You know, it was stuff, <laughs> you know, it was stuff like that. And um, you know, so you know, I remember the ninety-five final and yeah, it just it gradually grew. And then of course, by the end of the decade. English teams are back in the back in the big time with uh, yeah. what happened in the, the new camp. 
I have a very vivid memory. I mean, first of all, I, I agree with you. I remember that IX team in 95 and just, and also we'll talk about that team. Harry, like it's, if we'll go through that team, I have to do it. Cause I was looking at it earlier. It's ridiculous that IX team, how good it is. But I really remember this, the following season as well, when IX got to the final, but they lost um, in extra time. It was penalties, wasn't it? Yeah. To the events. Cause I loved Ravenelli at that point because I, you right. know, he looked different. He had the, the, the white hair. He was yeah. big. again, football Italia was, running wild on channel four so you knew a bit more about yes. the italian players so i had a little thing i loved that blue kit with the big star that they wore there's always a kit involved so yeah i, I knew I, I remember that one for sure and then dortmund the next year i remember watching that but the, the united 99 one iris was i watched that sitting in the kitchen uh of my best friend at the time and we were doing our geography coursework while doing yeah. it yeah and my mate had to do his whole year's coursework in that night because he was so far behind in doing yeah. it so we were up very, I mean, I, and he wasn't, he was kind of into football. He ended up getting more into it and then falling out of it. But I was, you know, that was all I cared about. And I, yeah. I, I think my geography home very much suffered from the fact that I was glued <laughs> to this little TV in the kitchen. Like, I'm not yeah. doing my, this chat is the Champions League final. Man United can do the treble. I was fully in the, it was called cool to hate Man United club at that point as well, because everybody did want yeah. Bayern to win. But then even then, when you, what, what happened is, you know, it's not like an Aguero moment, liken it to more modern times. It's, yeah football you know bloody hell is that is that is where it came from that that yeah. season so i you know i remember that just being like shocked and going oh god everyone at school tomorrow the man united glory yeah. hunters are going to be unbearable i remember all that so yeah that's it's a really say that about it's funny you should say that about geography because i'm pretty sure that i had my geography gcse the next morning wow the schedule yeah remember, i think we did i think we did I remember, well. i'm i'm fairly i'm fairly certain that like my mum who my mum's interested in football but she's not like like crazy about it but i remember i seem to recall her saying look you know geography GCSE, if this goes to extra time you know geography you got the exam and first thing in the morning I'm like, yeah but they're gonna win the treble and of course that argument only lasted about 10 seconds because <laughs> United scored again, so it was all done yeah. and dusted. But um, I always think about that final as well. Um, one thing that, right, this sounds ridiculous, but you know, like everyone's got their little pet hate about football. Yeah. One of my, one of mine. Yeah, I was going to say, there's got, more than one, but yeah. Well, I've got, yeah, I've got quite a few, but one of mine is, you know, like when a player, you know, they, they interview a player like years later or whatever, and they say, oh, you know, your, your League Cup winner's medal from, you know, 1992 or whatever. And they'll say something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I think that's in the loft somewhere. Yeah. Or um, I think um, I think I lost that when I moved house. Hold on a minute, right? So how have you lost that when you've moved house, first of all? But secondly, if I won a medal, it'd be like by my front door. Yeah. I'd probably put it on my front <laughs> I was door. I'd say it might be my uh, ring bell, my doorbell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exa exa <laughs> ring <Yes>, bell? Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's a ring bell? <laughs> obviously, um, you know, but that's because we're not yeah. professional footballers. But the reason I brought this up is I'm fairly sure Lota Mateus got his runners up medal and then took it over to the crowd and just threw it or gave it to yeah, someone in the I crowd. Think you're right. like immediately he, he was like, didn't want to he and I can understand but he's a winner though, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. And my, my point in this is I can actually understand that. Yeah. I think if that happened to me in the European Cup final, bearing in mind the age he was at, and I don't yeah. think I might be wrong, I'm not sure if he ever actually won it. There's bound to be someone, yeah. Bound to be someone who. He, I mean, he won the World Cup, so he's done. Yeah, he's done course, all right for himself, of course. But if if I was, you know, if I was in his position, I think I would have given it away as well. Um, you're looking it up now, aren't you? Of course I am. Yeah, because yeah. someone clever clogs yeah. will be on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, some clever clogs will be on Twitter. Colton Palmer, who uh, 
he, no, he didn't. He didn't. He won the UEFA Cup for Inter Milan in 1991. Oh, there you go. So, uh, so I was right. Um, but yeah, so I would do that as well. I think I would have loved the. And the other thing, remember, is that we realised that Peter Michael could do cartwheels. Yeah, and um, we realised that David May played for Man United as well. Yeah, yeah, who turned <laughs> up in every picture um, that uh, that ever existed of that final. But also, actually, that final we talked uh, two get my yeah two weeks ago when um, Rob was on about David Beckham because he picked him yeah. as his player of the the decade or whatever. David Beckham played that game as centre midfield. We did Jesper well, Blomqvist was on the wing? Yeah, exactly, and um, and obviously Blomqvist went off for mm. sharing them. And um, but Beckham, him and Nicky Butt had played in centre midfield because normally it was Keenan's goal. Yeah, they were suspended. Yeah. Suspended, but that just showed actually the strength and depth that United had. That that, that the two of them could. Well, obviously, Butt was a central midfielder and a good one in his own right. But David Beckham at that point hadn't done it that often. Yeah. But there he was playing centre midfield in the Champions League final, and he played. I remember he had a pretty decent game, but Bayern Munich were definitely the better, like the, the better team lost that final. Um, yeah. Oh God, yeah. I don't think there's any, um, you know, there's any any you know issue in saying that. I think it's the truth. Um, but football, bloody hell. Yeah, swear that, and that phrase. I mean, I heard that. I saw that going on my timeline on Twitter on Sunday because that's normally yeah. when bonkers days like that happen. Like normally yeah. they're final days and finals. That's what happens. But yeah, I think yeah, ninety nine. I think obviously we were an age as well where memories are obviously stronger. But that is definitely, and we were learning about geography. We were learning about Germany and and where you know Barcelona, where the place. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We were learning. Exactly. I mean, I I think I got more out of um, <laughs> Champions League, uh, you know, and all that learning about geography than I did my actual geography, and um, that's probably true with my results as well. But. But also, um, yeah, Man United's Cup Winners' Cup run was always my one. That's how yeah. I learned where uh, Montpellier Montpellier, was, I knew you were going to say Montpellier. Montpellier, and um, I think they played Warsaw as well. Yeah. Did they play Wrexham? Was that the year they played Wrexham as well? So, so I learned that Wrexham was in Wales. Yeah, um, I remember. But, see, that's funny you say that, because yeah. I remember that Cup run, the 91 Cup Winners' Cup, so yeah. vividly. But I think because there was an English team involved, yeah. so you just kind of followed them all yeah. the way. And obviously... And that's how it became. I mean, yeah. for the first up until about I'm doing this from memory now, I think up to about 96, 97, I think our British teams showing in the Champions League European slash European Cup was actually very poor. Yeah. I think yeah. we were behind we were behind the curve. We were, you know, due to the due to the ban, but also the change in the pass back rule, I think, had a had a mm. bit of a bit of an impact i think we were behind technically in terms of learning how to deal with that team suddenly realized that their goalkeepers needed to be good with the ball yeah um, you well, know that's where we're struggling to think of met like for good yeah. memories of champions yeah. league exploits. i mean Black, blackburn were an absolute disaster yeah, well, you just remember batty league. and uh yeah. who was it batty and lasso was it who had yeah. the fight and, and they, they got battered by yeah they got battered out by Spartak Moscow I think mm-hmm. and they got you know they they were really poor. Mike Norman United... did score the quickest hat trick in Premier in Champions True. League history though. Is that still a record or did Roy Mackay beat that? I think oh. Roy Mackay did beat that. Yeah. I think, but um, but yeah, so Blackburn were pretty poor. United got knocked out by um, Galatasaray yeah. the year before, and you know they United United had a couple of good nights, but I thought also the other thing that we should mention is that. Um, English teams suffered with the foreigner rule. Yeah, where, the three, yeah. I mean, 
Like so, basically, United had to choose between like Roy King and Dennis Irwin, and and you know, and that was all. I think Gary was... Walsh played a couple of games because yeah, I think Michael I think Gary Walsh actually might have played in the new camp when they yeah. Got... That's mad, isn't it? <laughs> no, mean, just, if Gary Walsh is listening, yeah, well done. Which is probably a, not. Yeah, you had a great career, but the fact that he played in the new camp is pretty startling. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so that didn't help. And then when that rule changed, and then United reached the semi-final in '97 against Dortmund, yeah. and they should have, they should have beaten Dortmund. They should have knocked them out. And that's when I think Cantona decided to hang his uh, hang his boots up pretty much after that. Um, but yeah, so it started and United were always going to be the ones, I think, to win it first because they were our best team, weren't they? Um, yeah. In the 90s, you know. Oh, was, well, yeah, it goes about saying, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think it, it took a long time really before anyone else had a had a good go at it. Yeah. Um, you know, you I love that Leeds Rangers though. It was so, like, I'd never seen as it, like, yeah. it was such a different thing to see the Scotland team, best teams, play England's best team. It was, yeah. we've seen it a bit more over the years, especially yeah. with the group stage and Champions League, but it was so unique at that point. And Rangers was such a team then with, like, yeah, well, with the best, the best, say, the best, yeah, the best thing about it was, was that Rangers were on a, on a par, but actually they were, they were better than Leeds. Yeah. Well, obviously they were because they, they well, crashed. yeah. Well, Leeds um, impl- like, not imploded, but they, they didn't yeah. defend the title very well, did they? The following no, season. No, so that, but Leeds, so it just showed, I mean, if, if you know, let's let's be honest, if, you know, Man City were to play Celtic tomorrow, yeah. you'd, you know, you'd back Man City nine times. I mean, yeah. I know they played, they played each other in Pep's first season and it was like three all or something crazy like that. But for all intents and purposes, if Man City played Celtic tomorrow, they Keep them a good going over. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. Be honest. So that's you know that just shows how the distance that's travelled. But Leeds, Leeds versus Rangers was really was a really really good battle. Yeah. Um, it was a big thing. I remember just being a massive thing. And I think we, we spoke about this before on the on the yeah. podcast previously. It was so, when we did this week in the nineties. I think we talked about it a lot about the two games yeah. and stuff. But yeah, it was. We, I mean, when you think about it, we got to see some great things in the nineties in European Cup finals. So we got to see. Obviously, we've got to see Barcelona's first ever European Cup. Yeah. So no, you know, no. Obviously, nobody had, had seen that. You know, they'd been there before, but had lost or whatever. And then we got to see a strong AC Milan team. We got to see a young Ajax team. We got to see a surprise in Dortmund because nobody really fancied Dortmund no. at all. And we also then, you know, moving it on to the late nineties, we got to see a treble which we still haven't seen no. um, to this day. Um, so we got to see a lot in that decade. Um, and I think to an extent, the finals in that decade, not in terms of games, were not entertaining, but the stories behind them yeah. were, were decent. There's not, I, I was going to say that there's other than 99, which is probably because of the ending, there, there isn't a final where you go that that final was, yeah, one of the yeah. best no. Champions League, European Cup finals you could, of, no. of all time. They're really kind of, I mean, not that I'm saying there's been many since, I think finals are always by their nature a cagey. Uh, affair you know probably Liverpool Milan in Istanbul is probably the exception to that rule obviously yeah. mm. um, but you know you're right we did see a lot of stories and from those stories sir we can pick an 11 yes one of our favorite things to do yeah well it's it's just a fun thing I, mean, I think people get on, on Twitter get involved and love doing it yeah. and should I mean we, um, should we confess at this point that when we were a lot younger and <laughs> just thinking that and had, and had jobs that we didn't really care about <laughs> that um we used to email each other on a friday or whatever and we'd go right here i feel like it was every day not just a friday was, yeah, <laughs> here's, here's the task and we'd have, to, we'd have to pick an 11 for some for some random reason and 
yeah, it was good. For, it was always good fun. That so that was, that was well. This is before the days of social media and yes, WhatsApp yes. groups yeah, and and exactly. things like that. Where yeah, it would be a boring Friday. I think it may yeah. have been even a Thursday and a Wednesday. I was yeah. working in advertising sales. Yeah, boring, very boring job. And yeah. yeah, we we used to email each other. Right, what is? I remember Ginger Eleven being. I don't know why that's the first yeah. one that came to my head. Yeah. But I remember there doing was it. There was definitely random, random ones. But yeah, they got. Oh, well, we ran out of topics. I think that's why yeah. it, was, it started off with you know best nineties eleven or best yeah. you know Irish eleven, and then we just yeah. got more and more. Yeah, exactly. And now, and now, and now here we are, are, twenty years later, still doing it. <laughs> then twenty years later, doing exactly the same thing. Except the reason is, is that some people listen to us. Um, so thank you for listening. Yeah, thank to you. Us. And as um, as you did with the FA Cup ones, get involved. As I said in before yeah, the break, the two rules definitely. are the same. You can you have to pick at least one player from every final in the nineties. Yeah. So from ninety to ninety nine, that gives you ten players. You're allowed one more if you're choosing that you whoever from whatever final, and you can't mm-hmm. pick two players from the same cup final teams. I use the Ian Wright example that we did. So he for the FA Cup ones, you could right. pick him for Palace. I mean, you could still pick two Arsenal players. So it, it, right. just for the teams that they were in the finals, yeah. not if they played yeah. for those teams later in their yes. career. All um, of mine, I'm just looking at my team now, right? So all of mine have got a connection to the Premier League or British football. Nice. Yeah. Well, well I think... Apart from, apart from one, who I'll just make my captain, basically. Okay, cool. Well, I think when we did this previously, a couple of weeks ago, when we did the FA Cup one, Rob from Premiership Polls outshone us slightly by having a theme. So I'm glad you've done that. I've kind of themed mine in the, t- the fact that they're, they're players that I really loved, like watching. Like, yes. so some of these don't really, what I was trying with the FA Cup was to tell a story of why they were in it because they're FA Cup final pedigree. And there are, to a certain extent in this, I've still done that. Yeah. But there are still players in here that I put in just because, oh, he played and now he's going in for sure, rather than, yeah. oh, he didn't yeah. do anything in the final. But do yeah. as it as you made. Interpret yeah. it how you like. I don't mind. We've gone 4 4 2, right? Oh, God, yeah. I know I did. Yeah, there was a slight moment I nearly went 4 3 3 and then I slapped myself on the Ooh, wrist and said, okay. that's, that's like revolutionary stuff. Exactly. Revolutionary yeah. tactics. I, can't, I can't be doing that. Right. No. Um, who's, in, who's in goal, sir? Go on, you go first. Who's your goalkeeper? Right. So I have gone uh, for a man that has a great career, um, varied career um for one reason that i'll come on to in a minute and that is um edwin van der sar oh, from edwin 1995 van der... 95, so yeah. edwin van der sar um i did i was thinking about this last night so i thought i'll check it briefly only two players have played in more champions league finals than edwin van der sar really yeah so there are there are a clutch of players that have played in five finals so van der sar's one um Possibly, yes. Um, I think Patrice Evra is another one, which oh, caught okay. me off I would have never have guessed Evra. Um, yeah. Um, so Van der Sar, because um, the reason I picked Van der Sar was because that Ajax team seemed like they were all 10 years old. So he was obviously quite young. <laughs> and then he went off to Juventus and then he turned up at Fulham. Right? That was so random. It was so random. But not what's random about it was that he stayed at Fulham for four years. Yeah. Right. And it was almost like Man United needed a great goalie. And went, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Van der Sar, it was like, you know, and he became for Man United. I know this is the next decade, but he became for Man United. I still think that he could hold a candle up to Pete Michael. Yeah. I really like he in holds terms of some ridiculous record as well for clean sheets. Yeah, if he gets exactly, time, exactly. So the amount of time, I think it is. Yeah, they won, they won, you know, they won three Premier Leagues in a row. Um, he's got one less um, title win than Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, the two of them are there's not much between them in terms of 
stats and how they compare and stuff it's just time and people's memory really yeah. doing that. and always it is it into Michael being the best but Bandasar was a very good keeper um so I went for I went for him yeah yeah good stuff um okay well you gone? opposing in the other goal is a man we've already mentioned actually doing cartwheels down the new camp pitch ah. so uh, my pick from 1999 is yeah. Peter Schmeichel and I think because yeah. I, I Easily, it's easy thing to say that he was the goalkeeper of the decade. He was the best yeah. guy. He changed goalkeeping. Probably, if we're talking bargain buys, any decade, you know, the, the amount of, mm. I think it was 500,000 or something ridiculous yeah. like that, yeah. that uh, Man United bought him from Bromby. And I think you said this a couple of weeks ago, like you need a good goalkeeper to win. Any good team needs a, yeah. a, a very, very good goalkeeper. Yeah. He, was, he was the best. He was it's, the in, best. it's incredibly rare that a team wins major trophy and their goalkeeper's poor yeah very rare yeah so um and the, and, and i thought they, and picking him also was kind of this was it this was his last game for manchester united it was almost yeah. like the fitting end to a guy yeah. that had, you know a lot of props goes to eric Cantona for changing man united in that decade mm. from a playing per- perspective and rightfully so his influence on that dressing room is massive but i think peter schmeichel is number two under that because just because yeah. he was the groundwork he was the groundwork yeah. for goalkeeping in the 1990s and it it just felt like at the, you know at the time I didn't want them to win it as I said already yeah. but looking back that is the fitting end to a career I kind of wish he never played for Aston Villa and Man City because I didn't think yeah he was back what you mean in the Premier yeah. League but I think that was a fitting end to a goalkeeper and I don't remember him having too much to do he may have done people on twitter oh, saying the no, final I, I don't know i think yeah quite i think it was a few saves in the final that i should have looked beforehand but I, uh, you know. I think it was a, yeah i mean i don't think it was you know i don't think it was the alamo or anything but i no. think um I, I think i think he did make a few decent saves which kept them in the game but that is yeah i mean that's that is a good choice actually yeah he was kind of my first um, i don't know why because you know the main night team that i think as we're going to say with a lot of these teams that have won the Champions League in that time, yeah. you could pick it's anyone because there's yeah. so many good players. So yeah. um, I'll do I'll, I'll do two defenders each. So I'll do two yeah. defenders that I've got. So again, someone we already mentioned as he's nicknamed on the Tavern, the Bastard. I've gone <laughs> 1992. And he is somebody, despite his antics in the 1990s, uh, you know, in, in Rotterdam and that infamous night on David Platt. He, Ronald mm. Koeman was always someone I just, enjoyed watch because he was one of he was a different kind of fullback that we you know no disrespect to the fullbacks that we were having in England at that time and I love you old Barrett but he was kind of the the, the modern fullback he could do it all I think didn't in one season he scored like he was top scorer for Barcelona or he was among the top scorers mm. in Barcelona he scored he went into double figures I know he scored three yeah, kicks and he scored it wasn't, a full, it wasn't a fullback though but he, play, he played fullback in uh, for Holland as well did he? yeah definitely 100% yeah I know he did played centre back for a lot of his career he was definitely right, a left okay. back for Holland for right, uh, at okay. least one of their tournaments. I'm not, he, he, I think he played centre back this night. Yeah, um, I haven't Is really got. You've gone night. That's his um, 1992. Yeah, 92. I have, I've got four defenders, so I haven't really right. outlined fullbacks. I've kind of right, you just change your ball. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Who's the other one then? So I so I this guy again could play right back, but predominantly was a centre back known. Going from 1997, he was also the player of the tournament at Euro 96. A beast of a defender, Matthias Sammer. Yeah, what a player. What a Rolls Royce of a footballer, that man. He'd have obviously featured in the Ginger 11. I think he probably did. Yeah, yeah, that's a good... Alongside Mark Wright, probably. Um, But yeah, no, I just... I remember him from Euro 96 being almost unstoppable. 
Yeah. Um, in that, especially you know, even though England should have won that semi final, he was he pretty yeah. he kept Shearer other than the third minute pretty quiet in that yeah. game. Um, he was in that sort of Beckenbauer, Mateus sweeper yeah. kind of um, player, isn't he? He could he could play in midfield, he could play in defence. Yeah. He was just yeah, I mean, he was just an all round. I think he was player. European Footballer of the Year as well, which you know for defenders <laughs> there are very few. Mm. You know, and the Cannavaro won the which would, would become the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. In later years, in uh, 2006, when Italy won the World Cup, um, yeah. but you don't get many. You don't get many defenders no. reaching those heights. I think Virgil Van Dijk possibly could and should have. Maybe yes. you've got some that sort of accolade. I think he won the FIFA Player Award, didn't he? No, he didn't win the big one. He won some equivalent, like smaller equivalent of Player of the Year when during his uh, last couple of years at Liverpool. But yeah, Matthias. So my first two defenders: Ronald Koeman, 92; Matthias Salmon, 97. Over to you. Right. So over to me. I'm going to give you my. Fullbacks, I think, uh, fullbacks next. Um, so I did say that this has got a sort of Premier League feel. So my right back is Marcus Babel, oh. who ended up playing for Liverpool. He did, yeah. And very well for Liverpool. Um, but Babel was, of course, in the Bayern Munich team yeah. that lost in 99. And then he joined Liverpool a year or so so later. So I haven't really, I haven't really picked him just due to the fact that he was brilliant or whatever. It was more a kind of Premier League. Yeah. Um, was he part of the Mickey Mouse treble, as they call it? He would have been there at Liverpool. Uh, well, you, I mean, don't don't let Sachin, your mate Sachin, hear you say that. I'm quoting the Twitterverse on that one. Yes. Right, the, okay. Uh, yeah. The, second, yes, I, he, the secondary tri- the treble. He, yeah. No, he, he, was, he was very much part yeah. of that um, um, team. Yeah, very much part of that um, treble winning team. Um, and... On the left-hand side, so that's from 99, on the left-hand side, and this is my captain, uh, Paolo Maldini. Yeah, I look, yeah. It's, it's, I, I look, yeah. love Paolo Maldini. He's still like, cool now. Like, what isn't what isn't to love about Paolo Maldini, right? I seem to recall, one of the first times I remember seeing Maldini play was at the 94 mm. World Cup in America. And because Italy had so many injuries and stuff, he was playing centre-back. And I thought, wow, what a great centre-back. And then someone told me that he's actually a left-back and he's just like filling in there. I was like, bloody hell, he is good. Uh, so I started by saying Van der Sar has played in the uh, second most amount of fans. Uh, so that was cleverly linked into Maldini and it's actually Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, is it? Uh, the two of them have played right. six finals. Uh, there's probably someone out there that's is you know looking at this now thinking that's wrong but what i saw yeah maybe the data's out you know out by a year or two i don't know but um you know i i will state live on alive and kicking that uh, (laughs) i believe maldini has played in six finals three in one decade and three in another um which is quite impressive um so for that reason i've gone for him i just think he had a great career and it was Mr. Great Mr. Milan. Mr. Mc- yeah, Milan. I, I quite liked playing in defence as a kid. I was a bit weirdo. And uh, Maldini was, yeah, someone I always thought, yeah, I'd love to be able to play. Having played with football with you, I see elements of Paolo Maldini in your play, sir. <sighs> Thank you very much. And my <laughs> looks as well. Yeah, totally. What year you. are you picking him from? Uh, 1990. Oh, you're going all the way back. Yeah, yeah he played in a few, didn't he? He did, he yeah, a few, so. So. Yeah. And his son has just won the Serie A. Yeah, I know, that's crazy. So, so, that's, so that's three generations yeah. of Maldini that have done, you know, that's... Is there a better footballing family than that? There can't be, can there? Mm. Three generations... I can't, off the top of my head, I don't think of three generations of... Like that, I mean, you know, you've got 
not better, but you've obviously got the Allen family and the Wallace family and all that sort of yeah, stuff. But but yeah, but they've got Yeah, no, we're not we're not talking um we're not talking, you know, major. Yeah. I think um funny enough, I'm gonna get this wrong now. I think Marcus Alonso's family are a bit. Oh, like that's that, a right? that's a bit they've got a big I know that's a bit, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that off the top. I wouldn't, yeah, I yeah, can't say for same. gospel that I know no, that I the think, granddad of that. I know the yeah. dad obviously was a goalkeeper, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I think I think there's a Real Madrid, might be a Real yeah. Madrid connection. Yeah, someone so. will correct us, but yeah, no, that's yeah, a good course, course they will. Yeah. But um I should but, say yeah, the I, Allen family, all of them pretty much played for QPR as well. So yes, I should shout yeah, out for yeah, exactly. um, I could get very few QPR links in today's show, so that is yeah, the, the only one that I'm going to get, probably Um <laughs> My next two defenders, I'm going from 1994, sticking with Milan as well. The man who scored the winner, I think it's in the, in the final in 1994, uh, Marcel Desailly. What a Desailly. footballer. Yeah. What a footballer Marcel Desailly was. I mean, uh, amazing. He's just, again, somebody who could play in defence pretty much yeah. anywhere or yeah, step into the field. I think he actually played. I think he actually played midfield that night. Yeah, he did. Oh, that was I'm getting play, confused now. That was the four 0 wasn't it? That, yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but he could play. He could play in both both positions. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. he ended most of his career was in the centre, but I think for whatever reason he played centre mid with Albertini. I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah, that was the sorry. I'm getting my Milan games confused. That yeah. was the four 0 Barcelona. Yeah. That, but that again, they beat Barcelona four 0 and yeah. I know Barcelona at this time still weren't the Barcelona beast that they would become in the, yeah. in the next but decade. But you look at the team were. that had Romario and Stoichkov and Nadal yeah. and Pep Guardiola yeah. and Ronald Koeman, yeah. who we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. they just steamrolled them that night. And, you know, yeah. basically that was the pinnacle of that kind of Milan team. I think they're kind of coming to an end of the of the cycle of that Milan team. A lot of them started to, to branch off and leave after that as well. But yeah, I loved Desai. And I always remember I was doing my paper round um many years like a few years later and one of the best things about having a paper round in those days in the summer was that you get i felt like i was the first i was like sky sports news from my friends that you put you pull out that you'd pull out the paper and you'd get all yeah. what was on the back page from on the newspaper stories because there was no obviously no twitter and no um yeah. anything like any social media so i remember seeing the back page and seeing that chelsea were either linked or i just bought i can't remember the exact time frame it right. was Marcel Desai, and it was and not quite klinsman as we were talking about last week in burkham but it was like whoa because you know at that point he's I think he has he just I, I can't remember the time did he just win the World Cup or was that just after he went to Chelsea uh, he won the World Cup in 98 and then he joined Chelsea straight after so I thought it was yeah it was that summer yeah, wasn't it yeah so after, it was yeah. like World Cup winner just yeah. you know a, a beast of a footballer and I really yeah. thought that that is going to turn the tide and all right Chelsea he didn't win yeah. the league at Chelsea I think it you know yeah. it was another massive yeah. massive sign and so I've gone I've gone for him and from 1993 Mm-hmm. I've gone from the man who did score the winner. And this is where I'm getting a bit crazy. I'm getting entwined. Right. And someone who in, had the, the audacity to break Stuart Pierce's uh, face at Euro 92 as well. Basil Bolly. Yes. What a man. Again, um, I think my, I've gone for real strong. You ain't messing with this defence. Yeah. When I've got Mattis Summer and Basil Bolly, even Desai and Koeman. I mean, that's, that's a frightening back four in terms of you know, intimidation that you've got there. And I think Bolly was a prob- somewhat, some people don't talk about it when I talk about hard man defenders, but I remember being such an intimidating guy. So yeah, I've chosen Bolly for that because I just thought, yeah. And also he went on to play for Rangers as well, if I remember rightly. So yeah, they're my back four. Try and, yeah, try and get past those foursome. Awesome foursome, fearsome foursome even. I don't, I don't think I don't think we're doing that. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I'm looking, I'm, I've written it down actually. That is a pretty, um, a pretty awesome back four. Um, 
so mine um you right okay so i've, I've said it's like a, a sort of a link, yeah yeah um so i've gone for 1998 i've gone for fernando hierro oh interesting yeah, who ended up playing for bolton randomly <laughs> yeah i bet you wouldn't believe that you told him in 1998 <laughs> exactly yeah so like five years later he sort of rocks up at the reebok you know in a, in a relegation fight playing for playing for bolton so i've gone for hierro who was a magnificent player um you know he was you know pivotal for spain but he was he was a big big player for real madrid um very very good player and my other defender is one that's already mentioned um and i just want to say ha 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 you lost four nil you <laughs> bastard and that is ronald koeman <laughs> so i've picked ronald koeman from the 1994 european cup final where he <laughs> was a absolutely battered um only six months after um knocking england out of the world oh, cup fair play. fair play so i you know this is you know obviously ronald koeman featuring the 11 is some sort of revenge i don't think ronald koeman will see it that way but that's the way i view it um <laughs> so um i put him in for that reason actually um so yeah i've got bubble hiero key and koeman and uh Maldini. Nice. Uh, so I'm um, so many names you could have. It's yeah. it's quite it's quite ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't. You know, just to, for anybody that you know that doesn't follow me on football tab, and I joke about Ronald Koeman and the the you know the incident in Rotterdam and that, and I you know vilified him ever since. But he, you know, you said it earlier on. Actually, really was a good footballer. You know, he could oh, play. So good. He really, really could play. And some of the goals that he scored and some of the things that he did. Mean free I mean, kick. he was. He was as hard as nails as well. There was yeah. no, I mean, there's a few videos on you find them on social media now of him taking taking strikers out, you know, really, really taking them out. Um, so um, yeah, so for that reason, I've gone for gone for Koeman. Great. Good. That's another two interesting back forwards. And let's stay with you, mm. Ed. Um, give us your first two midfielders then. Let's go, let's go all out attack, shall we? All out attack, yeah. So I tell you what, I'll give you both my wingers, which are oh, nice. I think I'm in I think I'm within the rules here, are from the same final, same yeah. team. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So on the right wing, I have gone for uh Attilio Lombardo. Oh. Who, uh, who um who played for Sampdoria in nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. Um the bald so, eagle. Oh that was that Jim the bald, Smith. The bald eagle. So there is there is <laughs> If you look at it, I've talked about Hierro when five years later he was playing for Bolton. Five years later, Lombardo was playing for Crystal Palace yeah. in you know ninety two to ninety seven, and you know, obviously Lombardo went to Juventus and he was such a good. He, I mean, Lombardo was was one of those Channel Four players, wasn't he? That we yeah. saw week in week out. I mean, obviously they lost that final, but Sampdoria had a great side. Um, great kid Lomb- too. Lomb- yeah, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I love and Lombardo kid. was. I mean, Lombardo was such a good was such a good player. Um, so I thought when I saw his name, and I thought, well, yeah, he played for Palace. There's that Premier League UK link. I thought, let's have him in because he's he was such a quality player. And Palace fans to this day, Palace fans still talk about Lombardo with so much affection. And he was another name, like yeah. even though it was a slightly smaller scale, like to see yeah. Attilio Lombardo in the Premier yeah. League and playing for a club like Crystal Palace. Yeah. I mean, 
QPR were famously linked with Roberto Baggio in the 90s, which yeah. is something I see on probably on once a week on Twitter that always makes me smile. Yeah, I think um, still, that's still the most outrageous. Oh, uh, if only. Yeah. There's many, yeah. many if onlys in QPR as well, but if, probably if I could pick number one, might be Roberto yeah. Baggio yeah. signing for us because that would have yeah. been, been some signing. Um, yeah. Lombardo, uh, oh, you mentioned Italia then. Do you know what it made me think of? I don't know if you've ever seen this. I think um, Sid Lambert posts this every now and then. There's a really funny clip of him dancing with James Richardson. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, which made yeah. me think of that. Um, who else, who've you got on the other wing then? Right, so here we go. Uh, somebody mentioned this on my Twitter earlier on. Um, so I'd just like to point out that I did this team last night. Uh, <laughs> that uh, So it's the same team, okay, and I've only learned this in the last year or so since doing the football tavern that I had no memory of this. So the player I have picked is Ivano Bonetti, yes. as in Brian Laws. Yeah, the team. chicken wings, yeah. So four years, so he played for Sampdoria that night against Barcelona. Right, okay. So four years after playing at Wembley in a European Cup final, in the greatest, you know, in the biggest, in the, one, of, one of the great theatres of football. <laughs> Four years later, he plays in another great theatre of football at Blundell Park and gets a load of chicken or whatever it was thrown yeah, in. It's so a great story. I, I remember, I remember Bonetti playing for Grimsby. I do, I do remember the name, obviously, because of that incident. But I remember he went to Tranmere and stuff. I do remember the name. I had no, until about a year ago, I had no knowledge of him playing for Sampdoria. I didn't realise he was that yeah, good. He's one of those names that you, yeah, I think from, an, again, I think we're, we were blinded by in, in England because we didn't see much of European football at the time. Yeah. So we remember him for that rather bizarre incident with the plate of chicken wings in uh, mm. for Grimsby. But if you'd asked me this morning which clubs he played for, I might have struggled if I'm completely honest. But he's definitely yeah. a name that from the night. I knew he played in, in Italy and played for some big clubs, but I think we more remember him for that than we do... Mm. In his time in Serie A, yeah, no, I am. Um, so, yeah, Bonetti, yes, yeah, so Lombardo and Bonetti. So they're my two from 1992 randomly. I like it, and they've both got an, uh, as you say, a theme. And I was just looking yeah. at mine actually. There's quite an English theme to mine without realizing it because I've got yeah. Michael Kuman, Desai, Bolly. We could, you know, stretch that to mm. Rangers, and then yeah. three of my midfielders and one of my strikers also played in England. Yeah. So I've done yeah. that without even really realizing. Yeah. So yeah. maybe yeah. that's the again probably how our brains seem to play tamelessly yeah. work mister so let's go with my to yeah to, uh, to midfield. i think i've guessed who one of your strikers is already but go on you who's your midfield <laughs> anyone who knows me and has listened yeah. to this 150 odd episode show should kind of guess one of my strikers but we'll get there uh first two right i'll go with somebody i'm going to quickly gloss over this guy because actually i picked him for the second 11 in a row but I love him. I loved watching him in the Premier League. I love watching him for Ajax. And again, he's from that Ajax team in 1995. Uh, Mr. Mark Overmars. Just, right. uh, I, I'm not going to, because just because we talked a lot about him a couple of weeks ago, how yeah. good, how fast. I mean, he was more the finished product at Arsenal than he was in this Ajax team. Yeah. Um, but a proper winger, out and out, you know, just took on people, electric pace. Great for Ajax, brilliant for Arsenal as well in that decade. So I picked my, uh, Mark Overmars from 1995. Um, and somebody else <laughs> I picked in that team. Uh, again, these these are two wingers, although one of them will have to change feet for just this team. Chris Waddle. How can oh, you not yeah. pick Chris Waddle? I know. 1991. Um, I it's know. just... I, I, yeah, I know. I picked someone else from 91. 
just to be different. But yeah, what yeah, I had to. I mean, again, when I did this team, he was one of the first names I thought of because he played yeah. in European Cups final. He was um, again yeah. going over something we said again on the last episode. Check it out if you haven't already. Vastly underrated in the early nineties, yeah. ignored by Graham Taylor, even despite the fact he was one of the, probably one of the best players in Europe at that time, alongside Jean-Pierre Papin, who I loved as well, who almost made my team, spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for Chris Waddle and Mark Overmars to get some proper wing play in, nice. in my in my eleven. So, yeah, they're my first like two. Who, um, like who, who completes your midfield? Uh, so, my first midfielder is uh, the uh, wonderfully talented, mercurial, chain-smoking Robert Prosineski. Oh, oh, nice one. 1991. Um, yeah. He played for Red Star Belgrade. Did, yeah. um, and then, obviously, 11 years later, I think it was, 10 years later, he rocked up at uh, Portsmouth and absolutely stole the show in the championship that year. Um, he was a wonderful, um, wonderful, wonderful footballer to watch. Um, so yeah, again, another sort of player was surprising that he turned up on our shores. I know he played for Real Madrid and a few other big names, and here he is playing at Fratton Park. So, um, so yeah, I've gone for Prozanecki. He was still uh, puff, big puff smoking at that time as well, weren't they? Think, oh yeah, famously. definitely. Oh, without doubt. Yeah, he was like apparently he used to do it in the changing rooms. At yeah, time and crazy. Right. And did, he, still, he, still did he play for two else. different? Well, I, I, I shouldn't say this because I'm going to get it wrong. But I know he played for two different countries because yeah. did he play for two different tournaments as well yes. i think he might have done yes, he which did, is yeah. one of those facts about him yeah. so yeah um and my second one is the i think the surprise the surprising kind of story of the decade the kind yeah of, i think i know where you're going um paul lambert yeah um i so basically you only sort of learned that paul lambert was playing for dortmund about well, it felt like two days before the final, but it was yeah. probably in the lead up to the Man United game or something. And there was this guy that had been let go by Motherwell, I think it was, and then sort of somehow got a contract at Dortmund and then suddenly was marking some of the best midfielders in the world in the final against Juve and had a really good game. And all, you know, didn't cost Dortmund a penny. So Paul Lambert has won, you know, Paul Lambert has won the Champions League. You know, nobody is crazy. Ever, Nobody would ever take that away from him. And he was a good, you know, he was a good player because then he went, you know, to, to Selwick and then he, he you know, he, he served Scotland with distinction as well. So, you know, it's not like he was, he was, you know, a terrible footballer who just happened to win the Champions League. He was a good player, but it, the story of how he got there is probably more bizarre than actually, you know, actually anything else. So, um, industrious yeah, so, player, I like to think of him. Like he seemed, yeah. yeah, he seemed to one of those hard working defensive yeah, midfielder, basically. Yeah, but could also, uh, if he needed to, I've seen, I, I, he scored the odd goal or two. And they yeah. usually they weren't uh, exactly tap ins, were they? Is what I remember from a Paul you, Lambert. You'd probably, goal. you'd probably call him the poor man's Roy King in a strange, strange yeah. kind of way. He was that kind of defensive mid, but could go forward and influence the team a bit. And yeah, he was a decent player, Paul Lambert. Yeah, no, no, good choice. I, I like so, that. Yeah, so there's my midfield. I like it's a great. It's a fair, do you know what I love about it? It's a very nineties. It's an yeah. obvious thing to say, 90s midfield. Um, so, yeah. yeah, very much appreciate that. Front two, this is always fun. Um, and no, I'm, I'm, who, did you, who did you have in the middle? You had Oh, did I not do it? Sorry, go on, no, I'm getting too excited no, no. already. Got, getting really excited already. Raced yeah. ahead. Raced ahead. Sorry, I love my front two. I'm going to say it already. I absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, in the middle, I've got um, can't someone actually, speaking off from Paul Lambert, um, in that kind of role and 
I'm probably doing a, a good service here. And also in the same vein as Roy Keane, someone who also went on to play for Chelsea as well. So again, we're kicking out English theme there. Didier Deschamps. From ah, the water carrier. The water carrier. I knew you were going to say that. The water carrier. Yeah. Just another, you know, very, he was elegant. from 96? Yeah, from 96. Elegant yeah. footballer, but also industrious at the same time. Because when you talk about Lambert, I was thinking about Deschamps before I moved on to my front too, because I thought I'd already said it. But yeah, I just, I really, again, he was another player. I think he came probably to the Premier League slightly too late in his career. I don't think he quite had the same impact on that Chelsea team as he had done, you know, for France, for Juventus and things like that. So I really, yeah, it was another name I enjoyed seeing come to the Premier League, but I always remember for him just being that linchpin of that French side, you know, it's no surprise that he's gone on to be the, the manager and be the manager of France so long. He seems to have that leadership mentality doesn't need a Didier Deschamps yeah, very French name always like that so, yeah <laughs> um, they, that is definitely uh, so he got into there from from 1996 on Juventus so I've got Deschamps and then alongside him I've gone 97 and this is the kind of other story from 1997 right. and that is the man who came off the bench to score ah. and somebody he kind of only he's not only no but this is kind of this was his moment his Champions yes. League moment Mr yes. Lars Ricken yes great shout Great. He was, you know, from what I remember of Lars Ricken as well, he was like, he was, he was quite young, I think, when he's when yeah. he scored that goal as well. And he was, he's a, he's a, he was a Dortmund fan. He was yeah. there. He was in the final of of the Champions League, and I think he played. You know, he, he didn't play for much longer for Dortmund as well. You know, that was kind of that was the only club he ever played for. Lars Ricken is like a Dortmund legend, yes. and and it started all in the the Champions League final. It's just I love that story of that he was a one club man and like that moment was right at the start of his career. And yeah. not to say he never topped it, but it just I just love he's just in just synonymous with that final yes. Lars Ricken. So yeah, he completes my midfield. So I've got Overmars and Model on the wings, Deschamps and Ricken in the middle. So. Right, okay. Well, Rickon, well, one thing I remember about Rickon was that he came on, scored the goal, and then he sort of ran behind the dugouts. Yeah, like, he I did, yeah. Recall, yeah. I was like, what is he, is he just thought, I've done it now, I'm going home, that's it. But he just seemed to run around the dugouts in celebration. Well, it was so, so quick um, as well. Like, it, yeah. I think it was just like 16 seconds or yeah, something. It was, it was ridiculous. He literally came on, there was a through ball and he chipped the keeper it was a superb goal it was a great goal as well yeah, yeah. and then he just he just took off around the dugouts and um all of Dortmund players and management team were all trying to catch him if I remember rightly um and obviously him being a fast player they probably didn't catch him um so right okay so that's he got, yeah, he got 16 caps of Germany which I wouldn't have I don't know like Germany had mm. a lot of talent during that period but I would thought if you'd asked yeah. me this morning I'd probably said he'd had more but I just saw that he had 16, So you yes. you've right okay so that you've you've got a very good side here and you've built up right <laughs> this this center forward too right Oh that's so now good sitting here, I'm that right okay but it better be good because <laughs> you've said how good it is right everyone's listening Gal going come on Ash you've got to pull yep. this out of the bag so I'm sitting here now thinking who they are and I'm looking at I've written this down I've looked at your team now I think yeah. one of them I think one of them is from 1998. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. I am. Oh. Oh, you seen oh. it. <laughs> oh, hello. I've just worked it out. The other one's from 1990, isn't it? Yeah. Look at that front right. too. Right. Go on. Well, I'm not. Oh, 98. I know who it is now. Right. Okay. <laughs> Should I do it? Should I do it for you? Do you do Yeah. Go on. So, disclaimer probably. There, as I said at the beginning, I did when I did the FA Cup final, I was kind of going for more stories within those finals. And I've done that with Lars Rick. And these two, I just love as footballers, yeah. as in that decade now, I just, I've always really loved them. First from 1990, 
Marco Van Bloody Baston. Mate. Mate. What a way, what a way to get Marco Van Baston <laughs> into an 11 in the 90s because in the early 90s, he was decent, but it wasn't yeah. at the sort of peak 88. No. Well, I think 89, of. the year before, he'd scored two yeah. goals in that final. So yeah. it was it, oh. we were not quite in the sort of injurious uh, era yeah. of Van Basten. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. it was only still... two years from that goal in, you know, for Holland in, in 88. But yeah. I just, you know, for somebody who retired pretty early into that decade, and so I didn't really see a lot of him growing up. I, yeah. I What I saw of him then and what I've seen of him since just a, a striker that could score all kinds of goals, despite the fact, cause he was quite a tall guy. So yeah. he was phenomenal in the air, but also he good feet for a big man, but he was, he was, he had, you know, he scored scissor kicks. He scored volleys. He scored chips. He was, he could be yeah. in Fox in the box. He could come deep. Yeah. And it's just a shame that his career he was, he just had it all. And if it's a bit like the, you know, R9, the Brazilian Ronaldo, I think those two, if they hadn't had injuries, oh. Oh. you know, I, I'm not sure they'd reached Ronaldo and Messi's, Esque yeah, beats because that, I'm not sure if that breed of if we've moved on from football yeah. and in general has moved on and athletes and the way but they'd have been you know when you talk about Pele Maradona and they talk yeah. about Messi and and this Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo these two yeah. I think could have been in that conversation but in in that in that strange kind of way the Brazilian Ronaldo and Van Basten's injuries makes us talk about them in those terms yeah anyway so extent. good yeah because they were so good yeah. Um, and we often speculate about how good how good they could have been. And sometimes I always say this, don't I? But sometimes you can look back and think this does nostalgia, you know, rose tinted glasses, all that sort of stuff. No, with Marco Van Basten, no, I don't think no, so. No, he, I he was he was he was, he was that good already. Really, yeah. it's just that it, we got robbed. What could have added to the CV? Like yeah. you know, he won it all at yeah. Milan. He he did that yeah. goal in, in Euro '88, which is still yeah. even though we talk about it, it's still one of the greatest goals of all time. Yeah. Um, even though JB Kieran did it at Loftus Road against oh, Coventry on a wet uh, Wednesday night, no, people don't want to know. People don't want to know about that. Right? Same night, Wayne Reedy's got yeah, his no, hat trick. No, no, no yeah. one, look, right? Okay, right. Hands up. Who cares? <laughs> Me. Oh, no JB right. Kieran cares. So <laughs> who 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 have you got for 1998? I know who you've got, but nobody else does. So go on. Oh, it, it, I mean, I'm cheating slightly because he came on very late on during the game. But he's somebody to this day, I think is one of my favourite strikers of all time. He's star of Euro 96. He was the top scorer at France 98. He's, I'm getting faces made at me by Ed in the Zoom room. Davos, Shuka. Yeah, what, what a player, eh? I just loved him. Like, I know you did, mate. Euro did. 96. One of the things I, you know, I love about the 90s and the tournaments is because you didn't know about these players until you got yeah. to a tournament. We're kind of spoiled now that when we get to a tournament, it's very rare someone comes out of nowhere and you go, well, where did this guy come from? And it's just, yeah, I just loved him. I just thought he was, I, not like Van Basten, because again, he wasn't a, a sort of small fox in the box. Again, he could do it all. And I followed him from that point, from that year in 96, I just followed his career. I just yeah. loved the fact, well, I loved the goals he scored for Real Madrid. And I remember when he signed for Arsenal, I was again around that same friends I talked about earlier doing the geography homework. I was in his, I think we were watching MTV base or something like that. And I was, I'll turn it on to Sky Sports News because it was the summer, see if there's any transfers. And it came up on, I don't know if they had a yellow ticket at that point, I can't remember. But breaking news was that mm -hmm. Davos Suka had signed for Arsenal. And I went mental and I, well, I'm not an Arsenal fan, I'm far from it. But I was like, we're going to see him in the Premier League, like this guy who I'd admired since Euro 96, goals <laughs> he scored, the type of striker. And then unfortunately, other than a worldie against Sunderland, if I remember rightly, he was pretty rubbish at Arsenal. I think it just it was a so club too far. Bit of a for him. Yeah, yeah, I think he was towards the end of his career, maybe it wasn't the, the ideal. And then he went to West Ham, of course, as well. But yeah, Van Basten and Davos Yuka, 
Mmm, chef kiss. Yeah, well, I'm not. I've, I'm looking at these two teams now. I'm, my team is not beating your team. I mean, I've got, I've got a winger from Grimsby in my team for a start, <laughs> so that's not going to help me. So um, you've got. I'm looking at 93 and 96. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, I'll go with 93 first for no apparent reason. There is uh, a Middlesbrough thing here. Uh, Alan Boxic. Yes. Uh, played for Marseille that night, that infamous Marseille team who uh, <clears throat> I think there was a, a dodgy thing happened that yep. season, which ended up in them getting relegated and all that sort of stuff afterwards. But uh, Boxic was a, he's still randomly one of my favorite players because he was so talented and when he could be bothered to turn up and play for Middlesbrough and play well he was unplayable at times um so I've gone for Boxits just because very similar to yourself with Dabble Suki he was always a player I sort of liked um he wasn't you know the one of the greatest strikers of the 1990s but he was a very decent player yeah was someone it was great I think he was great for Middlesbrough so yeah. maybe he scored a winner at Old Trafford yes yeah exactly and no he was a good he was a yeah, I mean, he was a very, very good footballer. Um, my so that leaves nineteen ninety six. Um, so I have gone for Gianluca Viale. Ah, now, Gianluca. So I've gone for Viale. Ah, oh, I should have looked this up before I said it. See, we we'll put this in the outtakes now. You see, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Viale in nineteen ninety six, obviously. The European Cup final was his last game for Juventus before he signed for Chelsea. Uh, no, I think it, I think you're right. I don't think. Yeah, I think he you're was. Pretty, yeah, he was the captain. I was not this bit. I'm, I'm saying I know this right. bit right. He he was the captain of Juventus. Um, so he lifted the trophy, and then a couple of days later, he's moving to play with like Scott Minto or Paul <laughs> Furlong or you know whatever. Don't and you, then don't you mock Paul Furlong in my yeah, presence? Sorry. Well. Obviously, you've given him a discount at JD Sports. As I you have indeed, yeah. But, um, so, so I've gone for Viali, and I'm pretty sure that the same week, the Daily Mirror ran a story that Viali had six toes. Um, I'm going to look that up. Um, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, um, I'll do people, right are gonna, people are going to think I'm mad, right? But I genuinely recall there was something to do with Viali's feet, which were different, and they ran a story on it. So they won the European Cup on Wednesday, and then on Friday... It was in the paper that he signed for Chelsea. No, you're right. I've, I've, I've seen it. I've, there's people talking about it. The, the mirror ran a story. Yeah. There you go. Right. So there's there's so there's something I've remembered from 19... Randomly. I don't remember what I was doing yesterday, but I remember that Gianluca Viali's got six toes. So, um, yeah. So for that reason, I've gone for Gianluca Viali. <laughs> Six-toe wonder. Six-toe wonder, yeah. So... I mean, that's not bad. Than, that's not... I mean, Brockshick and Viali is very... Is, yeah, I mean, it's not... Well, it's not yeah, that much secret, Mark, bastard. Well, <laughs> I, I would argue that Viali was better than Suka, but we'll save that. I think he was, yeah. I, I have these weird obsession with... It's a bit like my obsession with Janinho as well. Like, I just get yeah. quite fixated. Not, you know... Not yeah. they say they're bad players, but you know, I think it's more of a. I think everyone does that. They, for some reason, they take to players, don't they? Yeah, oh, without doubt. Without it's doubt. a kind of quirk of being a football fan. And yeah, absolutely, it, if you didn't, I would be surprised. So, do you want to run through your team, Ed, before we go? Then, yep. So, uh, in goal, I had uh, Edwin van der Sar. I had a back four of Marcus Babel, Fernando Hierro, uh, the bastard Ronald Koeman, and my captain, which was Paolo Maldini. Um, I've gone for Lombardo, Paul Lambert. Robert Prosnesky and Ivano Benetti. And then up front, I've got Alain Boxic and Gianluca Sixto. Six toes. 
wonder where they got that story from. I don't know. I've got B.S. Schmeichel, Ronald Koeman, Mattis Summer, Marcel Desai, Basil Bolly, And then my midfield is Chris Waddle, Mark Overmars, Lars Ricken, Didier Dromps, and then my front two, Chef Kiss, Van Basten, and Davos Suka. Yes, please. So, yeah, I think, I mean, do it yourself. I mean, the, I want to just, because I keep alluding to it, I'm going to go back to it. But, I mean, it's so there's so many teams that you could have picked, so many players, sorry, you could have picked. It's yeah. so many good uh, I'm trying to find the 95 final. That's what I'm trying to find. The Ajax team from yeah. the one that the Champions League or whatever you want it for the yeah. European Cup in 95. There it is. And they were all they were all about 12. This is their team. Van der Sar, Reisinger, Danny Blind, Rijkaard, De Boer, Seedorf, Finidi George, when I played for Ipswich, Davids, De Boer, Yari Lippmann, who's another player I really love, and Mark yeah, Overmars. Class. And then off the bench, they had Carnu and Cliver and, and well, yeah. Winston Bogard, which we all know about yeah. him, what happened at Chelsea. But exactly, I mean, Cliver scored the winner, didn't he? But I mean, that you forget how you know a, a team that Ajax obviously weren't the they weren't from an, was... they're not from an elite league, but you think of what those yeah. players went on to do and who they went oh. to play for and what they win oh, is they, insane. That, that team, that team dominated the 90s, like the 90s, yeah. like you know, like computer games, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but a lot of them went off from free transfers as well, I think. Yeah, randomly. yeah, but um. Cliver was only 18. Yeah, I know. And um, what were you doing when you were 18? <laughs> Scoring in a Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, I was probably drinking somewhere. But, in a um, sticky floored C- club C- in somewhere. Yeah. Seedorf yeah. C- 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 was, um, was only 19. Yeah. You know, and it, it's incredible. You know, they were so young. Um, they were such a good side. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ajax. Good side, very yeah, good side. under Louis Van Gaal, of course, as well. He yes, brought all absolutely. that together. So, yeah, we'll try it yourself. As I say, put it on the Twitter feed, AK nineties. You know the rules. Interpret them how you will in terms of how you pick them. I know for the FA Cup, a lot of people did team ones, which was quite interesting. Like in terms of they all played for the same team, but simple rules: just pick a best eleven and stick to the two that we've given you, and see what you come up with. You've got lots of choice. I implore you to beat Van Basten and Suker because uh, that is I'm going to dream about that front two tonight. Um, Ed, if people want to get involved with you on the Twitter, where can people find you and drink in the tavern? They can find us at Tavern Football. Thank you very much. Good stuff. And if you want to follow the show, AK Nineties on Twitter. There you go. And if you want to follow myself at Ash Rose UK, um, we'll be back very soon. Uh, it's half term next week, so we might struggle. I don't know. We need to work out schedules of, of things. It's also the Jubilee. It's also my birthday. So it's a very busy week uh, next week. But we'll be back soon talking more 90s nonsense. But until then, keep it 90s. <laughs>